So welcome, 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 welcome to No Question. Hello, everybody. It's for real. It's for real. With T. Lee and Jack. No, no specific order. No stupid questions. Can we curse on the show? Do whatever we feel. Time in. Question for T. Lee. All right. No stupid questions. What does that mean, Jack? No stupid questions. Um, just what it just what it says. I mean, you know, either you can ask any question that you want, or don't ask no stupid ass questions. <laughs> now, hello everybody. It's T Leak. And Jag, what's up, people? Thanks for tuning in to No Stupid Questions, the show where we're going to discuss one kind of simple but not question. <laughs> so the question for today, was it a mistake to fight for civil liberties before securing financial freedom? And of course, I'm talking about black people in America, in case that wasn't evident. This is a deep one. Deep, deep in the lands. Now we got to this question because of um, my looking into the the beef that W. E. B. Du Bois and Booker T. had back in the day, um, where Booker T. and W. E. B. had a disagreement uh, on. Uh, how the uplift of the black community could be achieved. And, um, you know, but W.B. Du Bois um, had suggested that Booker T. Washington was saying, basically giving up on um, civil rights and, um, you know, working with whites to back this idea of, getting blacks to progress in education and economics and mostly, you know, being at the core of it, agriculture, where they could build their own um, sort of uh, financial independence, um, especially in that time in the um, early 20th century. So, so yeah, so it sounds like W.B. Du Bois was very much, you know, favoring, you know, getting over the civil rights issues that we had in terms of our participation in society, whereas um, Washington was willing to sort of deprioritize that and focus on the economics. Uh, and and uh, I, for one, think that that has some interesting It's an interesting thing to consider. What, what do you What do you think there? Yeah. So, it, so what's interesting is I think clearly the fight for civil liberties became what the choice was. I mean, obviously Martin Luther King was about the fight for civil rights. Um, Malcolm X was largely about the fight for civil rights. So clearly, a lot of people agreed with W. E. B. at the time. Um, but you have, when you look at it 50 years later, um, you wonder if that was the right choice. If you, if you look at it in the context of other groups in America, um, and the first groups that come to mind are some of the um, 
Asian immigrant groups who seemed to have come to America and didn't worry about whether or not they were treated right. They worried about how they were going to get here and stack some paper. Um, and when you look at the Chinatowns all across the U.S., you, you, you kind of think that maybe they made the right choice. Um, I mean, I, I know I'm oversimplifying it, but it seems as if they put their heads down and decided what was the best thing for them to do to get financial freedom first and then worry about civil liberties after that. And, and it's interesting what you say about timing, because I think it, 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 uh, it looks different as we come you know, forward in history. Certainly at the time that W.B. Du Bois and, and Booker T were having this discussion, um, it might seem like those two were a toss up. But like you said, looking back on it, um, would we be in a different situation if we had chosen to pursue financial independence and sort of fi sustain ourselves financially um, before we um, claim some of those other civil rights? Now, I'm going to ask you a specific question related to this to maybe, uh, to maybe get us to, to agree on this. <laughs> um, so... Do you think that, so the right to vote was one of those rights that, you know, was considered part of this whole disenfranchisement. Um, would you say that at this, at this time, given where we are, you know, years later, that that makes sense for us to, to leave alone the right to vote and really focus on um, what we were yeah, so that's doing financially? <laughs> interesting question. And, um, you know, I grew up in a family where, you know, I, I, at eight years old, seven years old, I canvassed for the first black mayor in New Orleans. Oh. Um, my mother is an elected official in, in New Orleans. Uh, we have always been very vocal, very active. Um, I have helped people register to vote all throughout my life. Uh, so I obviously think the right to vote is important. So you're the best person to ask this question. <laughs> but... Ah, the more I learn about politics, oh, oh, the more I understand that people want your vote and they need your vote. But if you go write that check to that politician, mm. they don't even ask you if you registered the vote. If you go write a big enough check and big enough doesn't have to be that big, um, you have say in the political process, you know, so. It's a good question. I'm never going to say you shouldn't vote because I think everybody should vote. You should vote early and as often as you can. I know you can only vote once, but you, you try to vote early as, office, as often as you can. But you also have to play the financial side of it as well. And playing one without the other is not going to get you the results you want. So I, I, I didn't answer your question. I don't <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. We may have to do a separate show on voting because I have a friend who in this past presidential election, and I don't know if I can consider him my friend because I did kind of take offense to his, his statement. But he said, voting's not my thing. This was a black man of voting age. Um, and he said, voting's not his thing. And I kind of just did the RCA dog thing. I just turned my head to the side because I, I just, I don't, I don't even know what to do with that. I don't even know what that means. Not your thing. Um, so, you know, I couldn't go into the whole people have died for, you know. Um, so that aside, so that sounds like pin in that. Um, 
but especially at that time, and I actually just looked up, um, so women, the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, women's right to vote was passed on June 4th, 1919, and ratified on August 18th, 1920. Okay. So at the time that Booker T. and W.B. Du Bois were arguing, the women couldn't vote either. Right. Right. So, um, and I know that women, you know, that's a whole nother thing because women are still fighting for some, some, uh, some equity, uh, a seat at the table. Aren't today. we all? Um, Aren't we all? <laughs> oh, that's another hot one. Women or blacks? <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of the women. No question about it. <laughs> Who's struggling? Well, I, I, I Who's struggling be, more? Yeah, not, that's not the question. For that's me. not the question. <laughs> no stupid questions. One simple, <laughs> one simple question. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's it's interesting because you know you look at what what happened with voting, and you know you're talking about today, but you know I have to imagine I don't you know I don't have the political science background to talk about what corruption existed back then but I know certainly New York where I was raised you know the stories that I heard about corruption you know with all the the gangs and the Irish and the, all that stuff that that you know politics was a mess um, so voting was definitely it was questionable where your vote went when you voted um, so given that the the time frame um, I, I think I would, I would, you know, also say that favoring a, a financial approach. Now, again, I, you know, fast forward, who knows if what W.B. Du Bois was, was favoring and the details of it um, were correct. But I think at a, at a high level to, to look at how we, our financial standing and how we can work as a community uh, to to better that um, would would have been I think a, a, a potentially um, or at least I'm going to just say it you know generally would have been a better use of effort um, and and maybe some of the the smart brains that were focused on some of the civil rights strategies. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I tend to agree with that. And and even if the if you break down the fight into its most simple form. It almost seemed like civil rights was a plea to other people to treat you as a human. And yes. you know, you shouldn't have to make that plea. Yeah. But when you spend decade after decade making that plea, um, what does that do to the individual or their children? Um, do they start to wonder if, if they're equal? Um, but, mm -hmm. but when you focus on financial freedom, you know, it's funny. When you have money in your pocket, you have access to different things. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's a better passport in life than having some money in your pocket. Um, you, you get Doors get open for you that might not otherwise get open for you. And, you know, I actually think that transcends race in a lot of ways. I'm not saying that if you have a little money, you don't suffer from racism, but uh, it's a better life if you have money in your pocket. And, and you know, so I, I think maybe we should have focused on that, like some of the Asian communities do. Um, you yeah, know. well, I mean, it's also well known, to be honest. Um, they talk about how within the Jewish communities, 
um, the Jewish culture, especially here in America, tends to be um, very, very uh, focused on management of money. I mean, I think that that goes back to, and, and I, again, don't, don't ask me for my history, but it goes back to how many of, I think, the Jewish people, and again, this is from my knowledge of New York in particular, and the history there, again, with the early 20th century, were a lot of the, the, the accountants, and, you know, so a lot of their roles um, were specifically in that area, so I'm not sure if that sort of contributed to it, but I think there are a lot of communities, um, ethnic communities, that um, within their culture, um, you know, that, that, that is something that is fostered and encouraged. And, and it's, it's interesting, so this is, this is kind of the, the next question, which is, is that something that um, we need to, as a culture, sort of understand and how we approach it? So did did slavery, for example, because that's obviously what we were coming out of in the in the um, Du Bois Washington time frame. Did slavery really cripple us as far as our ability to to approach finances in a successful way? And therefore, because we then prioritize civil rights, and that's actually a question I want to go back to this assumption that because I would be curious if there's anybody out there who thinks that at that time that wasn't the pivot that we made. Um, uh, it, did 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 our our crippled sort of view of you know the the way business was done because of the way things that have been done to us in the business world not really enable us and so we were really much more handicapped in that area right so I, so what do you think about that so it's a good question uh, and, and you know I I know we differ on I try to ask good questions. Yeah, I, I see you do. <laughs> do a good job of that. You and I differ on whether or not you are, whether or not the remnants of slavery, how, mm. how that affects us. I, I think, you know, we've had this conversation over and over. Um, so clearly, slavery gave us some mindsets coming right out of slavery. Now, is that passed along in the DNA? I struggle with our relationship of money being passed along in the DNA. Um, I agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually talking about, you know, because cause I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't know what a stock was because my father didn't know what a stock was. So he didn't teach me what a stock was. So that was about having again, the knowledge of what to do in this capitalistic society, right? That wasn't our background. And the, the, what we were exposed to as slaves was not, so then when we got free, did we have the knowledge to be able to pass on the education to know how to be successful in that environment? So I'm, let's take the DNA out of it and just even say, just our knowledge, was that handicapping us? Well, without a doubt. Um... You, you, you have to learn things in order to make money. You have to learn about financial things to be successful in financial things. But, but that goes to where your focus is. I mean, we, we did a good job of learning how to play basketball and nobody played it before, before either. Um, <laughs> what you focus on. Um, I mean, I, you know, it's interesting because I come from, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm New Orleans raised and proud of New Orleans and proud of Louisiana. And, and I think we are one of the great exporters of talent, but the talent is entertainment and sports. 
Mm. Um, and, and that's selling us short because there's some other talent. But we do an outsized job producing musicians. We do an outsized job producing athletes. Um, and why is that? And I think that's because we have focused on that generation after generation. Um, and we have not focused on doing an outside job, outsized job in the stock market. Uh, if we had pivot our focus, I think we'd be just as successful in, in whatever we focus on. Uh-huh. 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 I, I knew you weren't going to like it. <laughs> so, um, I think that there is a commonly held belief that athletics and entertainment is call me crazy, but an easier path. Now, this belief is not general. This is a belief that I think is more prevalent in the Black community that is an easier path. And I'm going to define easier for you, an easier path to wealth. Um, and I think, oh, this is going to take me back to segregation. <sighs> Damn it. Easier path to wealth. <laughs> okay. Can I respond to that easier path to wealth? Or let, I need to let you before think. before I you could take ahead, the first stab. No, no, no. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so, as a guy who played way too much basketball growing up, <laughs> um, it's no easy wealth in basketball for people coming out of the black community. Yes, the LeBron Jameses and the D Wades and, and the Kevin Durants make a whole lot of money. But if you look at the odds that they had to surpass to get to that level, I don't know how anyone can call that easy. I had far less odds fighting to be a chemical engineer than I had fighting to be an NBA basketball player. So I didn't say easy. I said easier. Well. And, and that's, that's what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's a true and that's also why I said it was a perception. Um, because I think that there is a, an intimidation factor. I mean, I'd be curious with the, the average, you know, sort of person, whether they'd be like, yeah, I, I can play basketball much more easily than I can do math, let's say. And it seems like a higher mountain to climb. Now, I agree with you. The odds of you becoming the next LeBron James are very, very, very low. And the odds of you getting tutored and getting, you know, the work done to get your math scores up is much, much, much greater. But the perception, and, and this is why it takes me back to my segregation, is what we see in terms of who's successful, who's making the big dollars. Now, this is, and again, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place here, but, you know, society does not reward, and that was something else that I was looking at. Society does not reward smart people. Um, I hate to say it, but our administration right now is reflective of that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, we, and then if you look at teachers, we, we don't focus on education. So when you talk about how our focus is on entertainment and sports, when you look at the time that we spend, the money that we spend, I mean, even when you talk about college sports, NCAA, Division One, you know, you, where is the money going for 
I mean, you, the, the Department of Athletics, besides the fact they're making a lot of money, there's a lot of money putting, put into it. So that, that cycle continues. So I guess the question that I have for you is, would you agree that there is some perception, and again, we can, we can talk about what percentage of people believe it or have that perception, but there are some people who think that's going to be an easier path for me to wealth, even though the odds are, that, that's what the sad thing is. They may know the odds are not necessarily that great, but they think it's actually greater than making it in some of these more, um, let's say, white collar, because I know, I don't, there's someone I heard on the radio and they were talking about the, the origins of the term white collar, and I, I'm actually now not really liking that term. You want to call but, it black collar? <laughs> I don't know what I want to call it, but, um, but you know, more, um, less physical, more mentally challenging work. And so I, I, I kind of wonder about, I mean, and again, you know, even if we look at it very superficially, it's almost like slavery was what we knew. So this goes back, gets back to the question I was asking, were we more handicapped as it related to what our options were and not really understanding what financial freedom looked like? Civil freedom, we could figure out because we wanted to be free. We, wanted to, we didn't want to be slaves. We wanted to be like these other people, they had these rights. But other than that, only other thing we knew is, well, we didn't want to be like them and own slaves. Because that was the other way we knew people did business. So going back to Booker T. Washington's thing, the other thing we knew was planting stuff, agriculture. So that was a way that we could do business. But we didn't know about some of these other big models for getting, you know, economically, um, you know, uh, 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 secure. So, so that's what I'm saying is, were we handicapped Actually, so, so if we had to make the choice between civil rights and economic freedom, civil liberties and economic freedom, was it, was it also a mistake to choose the civil liberties path because we were so deficient in the financial? Well, you know, it's interesting. And I, and I, mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. Deficient no, no. in the financial aspect. It's interesting. Um, at the time of the Montgomery bus boycotts, you had black bus lines that used to serve in a lot of Southern cities. Black folks owned the buses and they picked up black passengers and took them on bus routes. But we turned our back on that because we said we wanted to ride the mainstream bus system and we should be able to sit in the front of the mainstream bus system. How many black business owners did we put out of business during that fight. How many black business owners did we put out of business who owned restaurants, but we were fighting to eat the nasty food at the Woolworth counter? It's a problem. We fought for, in my mind, the wrong thing. And, and because, you know, maybe the people at the top understood what they were fighting for. But when you cascade this message down to the masses, it sounds like we were fighting to go spend our money at white establishments. We were fighting to go so make other people more financially free to the detriment of ourselves. So I'm almost going to say that makes the question, was it a mistake to go the route of 
civil liberties versus financial freedom, it was a travesty. Because what I'm hearing you say is that it wasn't even choose one or the other. It was if you choose one, you may actually cut off the other one. Because, what, well, yeah, so go ahead. And that's exactly what we did. Um, you know. That's interesting. That's when, scary. When, when, I, when I work, when, when, you, when you go to um, Chinatown in Houston, for example, at lunchtime during the middle of the week, um, you see people appearing to patronize their own places. Yes, other people come in, I'm one of them, come in the community and spend some money every now and then. But you see what appears to be grandparents, children, cousins, all eating in their own establishments. What we did during the civil rights movement and the fight for civil liberties is said, you know, we don't want to do that. We want to be able to fight. We want to be able to spend our money somewhere else. So, yeah, I think it actually sent a, not only was it maybe the wrong fight, the wrong focus, but it, it, it was detrimental. It was, it was a travesty. Um, I, used to, I used to know some numbers, but, uh, and I have to look them up again. Um, there were more black businesses in 1950 than they were in the year 2000. How does that happen? Because we killed our own in the fight for someone else's, for, some, for civil liberties. Well, and as I understand it, the HBCU system, so not only the, um, the actual schools, but the athletics within the schools suffered as a result of integration across both um, you know, the academic world as well as the sports world. Oh, you know that was the case. I mean, you know that was the case. When, when we could only run on our own track teams, play on our own basketball teams, play on our own football teams, you know who had the better teams. I mean, there's no secret there. <laughs> Thanks, thanks for letting that out. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, you just, you know, there's no secret there. Yeah, so That's it's, another show for another time. Yeah, I, I, but I think we've hit upon something that is really, really, I mean, this, 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 this creates, I mean, we've, I, I think we've shed some light with the question itself, but I think the, the door is open even further with uh, looking at how it, it, the choice not did a lot more there was a lot more interaction between those two in making a choice that um that ultimately did not serve our our highest good so um so what do we what do we do from here um is is the question and i think we're gonna we're gonna suggest an answer <laughs> how long is this show <laughs> Well, um, so, go ahead. How do you so want to... So what do we do from here? Yes. Everyone, um, every black person, I guess, that listens to this show, I, I challenge you. Turn your dollar over in the black community. More than the point four times, it's, uh, it's probably less than that now. Mm -hmm. The 0.4 times that it's turned over. And try to increase those numbers to the six or seven times that it's turned over in some of the Asian immigrant communities. Small, small challenge, but it's something you can do every day. 
and, and, and do that while we work on the larger challenge that's, that stands before us. And what I will do to support that, there are organizations out there and initiatives that are trying to to help with that. Um, I know that there's a, I've, again, I've got to look up the name of it, but I'm on a Facebook group for um, Black black uh, banks in particular. So I know there was an initiative, a push, it started about a year and a half ago to at least put some money in a black bank. You know, um, if you're like me, I have two bank accounts. I'm not gonna tell you the banks. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, one of those bank accounts, I moved over to a black bank um, just because, you know, that, that, that having the money there enables them to do something. Now, now, James, Jag, <laughs> you know, we have to. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? <laughs> we, we, we have to talk about this because I know that there are going to be people out there because I've gotten this from people with respect to the whole black bank thing um, and, and the black businesses as well. I'm going to put some links on the, on the website um, for, uh, for these organizations and initiatives. Um, but, you know, there's the, there's the people that say, and this may relate to our conversation, but there's the people that say, mm, last time I did business with a black person, fill in the blank. I hear you. You heard it in my tone, so you know what the blank was. I hear you. And, you and, know you've, it's funny. and you've heard that. I know you've heard it. Anyway, I, I, I used to be a black lawyer in, in private practice. And, um, you know, it's hard to get people to come to you. And when they come to you, they want to pay you less. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting. We, we have a sickness, and we need to try to cure it. Uh, and the only way I know to cure it is one person at a time. But, you know, we, we have to support our businesses. And the more we support them, the better they, they will be able to serve us. I, I guess that's all I can say. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I heard the other day, and these some of your, your New York people, but um, I heard that P. Diddy and Jay-Z were trying to put an app together to help you identify black businesses. Um, I think that's great. I, th I think we should support that. Um, we need to turn our dollar over in our community much more than we do right now. So there are a couple of apps already. So P. And Diddy. I wasn't trying to, they didn't endorse this show yet. I know, I uh, know. <laughs> but there are, but there are I'm, I'm not saying P. Diddy's, I'm just saying the lo more local people there are apps already. So again, I'm going to try to compile those and, and put them on the website. But I think there are two, two things that I'm going to recommend. And, and just actually, I'm responding to what you said. So going back to this question of, mm, I tried to work with fill in the blank. I agree with you. One, on the customer side, on the consumer side, we have got to be um, patient with one another and think about this as, as, um, as we are, which are children that are learning. In this particular arena, we're still growing. And what you do with a child who's learning to walk, when they fall, 
Do you hit them? Do you punish them? Do you say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold your hands anymore to help you walk. No, you don't. Some, some people do. Some, well, those, those <laughs> people are not going to have a kid that walks. That's for damn sure. So, so I think we have to be patient with one another and we have to give each other feedback. Um, I know I, I'm going to tell you a story. I, I was working with a, um, a black plumber and there were some things that the, 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 my next door neighbors had the same problem I had work with a white plumber. And he was able to do things more efficiently because he they had some some other machine. And so I told my plumber about it. He was like, oh, that doesn't really, that's not really possible. And I was like, um, <laughs> I just watched. So, so one thing is I would say I shared that with him, even though my job had been done six months before. But I shared that with him later because I was like, you need to be on this. You need to know what technology is out there. You need to, I wanted to help him out. Um, besides the fact that I got charged twice as much because that technology was not known by my plumber. Um, the second thing is, um, the on the business owner side, our black business owners, you've got to be receptive to it. So same thing. If you don't think that you know everything because we are all, we have to accept that we are growing in this area and we really need to, be respectful of one another. Um, so that's that's what I would I would ask because I think we can learn from each other if we're willing. And if you're not willing, then this is this is not going to move forward. Everybody has to be willing to contribute. And so the business owners can't dig in and the customers can't dig in. The customers can't be like, I tried that. And the business owners, I mean I actually know business owners as a small business owner myself, I know business owners have been like, mm. I had a customer, like you said, right? Didn't want to pay, wanted to, wanted to hook up, you know, all this other stuff. And so we've got to be willing to come together. And, and you know, even if you got to pay a, a, a little bit more, um, it, I think it's worth it to spend the dollars in the community. We're not trying, we should not be trying to jip each other. Um, excuse me, is that, a, is that a, is that a, I don't know if that's a term I shouldn't be using, but anyway, so. <laughs> So, um, you came we, close to saying another term. I, I, but that's I, did, I, I didn't say that term. <laughs> but we should, we should definitely be trying to, um, trying to work with one another. Um, you know, you think about it, and Walmart can charge less because Walmart got how many thousands of stores? You know, mom and pop shop. And so you got to think of us as mom and pop shops at this point. So when you, you want the hookup and you want the dollar burger that you get at, you know, Jack in the Box from the man who's buying, you know, he's not buying thousands of dollars of um, pounds of, of beef. So he's not going to get the same price. But you're able, what you're doing is you're creating something within our community and that needs to be the focus. So like you said, what's our focus? This needs to be a focus. We may have taken a different path before and that was, if we are going to say yes, that was a mistake, that was a mistake. So now let's fix that mistake. Let's not just, you know, let it go and just cross our fingers. Well, we can do something about it. You have to think of it as an investment. Um, you, you're investing in your community. And, you know, sometimes you make a long-term investment that you don't see the dividends of. Sometimes you make investments that only your children can benefit from. But we have to see this as an investment in ourselves to turn the dollar over in our community. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it's a tough question because there would be people that would say, well, if you don't get civil liberties, people would just take the money from you anyway. 
that's possible. Uh, you know, I, I think of the story of Black Wall Street, um, Greenwood, Archer, and Pine. Shout out to the Gap Band. <laughs> clearly, they you know had. The Gap Band? Clearly, they had. Tell Charlie I want. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> clearly, they had their financial house in order. And because of one of the greatest, which is often forgotten when we talk about the greatest massacres in this country. But the greatest massacre was when uh, the white community decided we're going to take away what they built in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, yeah, you have to have some level of civil liberties. But, you know, if we had multiplied Black Wall Street 100 times over, uh, we'd have been in a lot better shape than I think we are today. The good thing is we have them now. Right. We fought that fight. So we're actually in a good place to now refocus. So we can pivot. Yes. And that's, focus, that's we what we're advocating. In the first place. Pivot. Wakanda forever. <laughs> like Wakanda, y'all. Hi. Let's get independent. Let's get independent. Hey. And we'll decide if we're going to share with them later. Let's get independent. <laughs> <laughs> so have we answered the question? I, I think we have. The answer is. What was the question? <laughs> was yes. it a mistake? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes it was yes. a mistake to focus on civil liberties and not financial freedom. We can say that with 2020 hindsight, but now that we know it was a mistake, let's fix it. Let's get to it. All right. No stupid questions. Thank you all for listening. God bless and good night. <laughs>